Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God around us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Well, I'd like to begin this morning with a very unscientific experiment about nostalgia. So I'm going to name some iconic things, dances, television shows, toys, from the last 75 years. And what I want you to do is hold up your fingers on one hand to indicate on a scale of one to five how nostalgic it makes you feel. One being no nostalgia whatsoever. In other words, I'm not even sure what you're talking about. And five being, wow, that really takes me back. In other words, your nostalgia is off the charts. Okay, you ready? We're going to start with some dances. The jitterbug. Hold them up. Oh, I see a lot of fives there. A one, a three. Okay. The Macarena. Oh, yeah, that's my childhood right there. The twist. All right, we're all over. I love it. The city rock. Come on, young people. I want to see this. The city rock. No, really? I, I had to Google this and research it. It's a TikTok thing. The moonwalk. Yeah, that's right. I was born in the 80s. All right, how about some television shows? The Andy Griffith Show. The Simpsons. MASH, The Cosby Show, The Office, okay, last one I promise, Toys, Stretch Armstrong, The Joy Buzzer, anybody? Another miss. (laughs) Oh, I got one back there, good. Tamagotchis. When was the last time you thought about a Tamagotchi? Slinky? Pokemon? Okay, all right, all right. Thanks for playing along. Thanks for playing along. I wanted to start by triggering some of that nostalgia for us because this morning our text from Isaiah brings us a message about nostalgia. And it's centered on the nostalgia of the Israelites surrounding a particular event in their history, the Exodus. You remember God sends Moses to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Pharaoh says no. God sends plagues from the east. They bake bread with no yeast. The Israelites flee and Moses parts the sea and the Israelites taste freedom once and for all. And in our text from Isaiah 43 this morning, it's clear that Isaiah is writing to his fellow Israelites in a moment where they must have been reminiscing about this story, sitting around a campfire remembering the good old days when God rescued them from Pharaoh. And it's then that God says something completely unexpected. God says, forget that story. Stop dwelling on it. Don't ponder 
this ancient history. But why? What's the big deal about the Israelites waxing nostalgic about the Exodus? After all, we know firsthand what pleasure we can derive by walking down memory lane. And there's even actual scientific evidence that explains those warm and fuzzy feelings we get when we reminisce about our past. Recent studies in psychology have shown that nostalgia has many positive effects. The research demonstrates that nostalgia makes us feel more socially connected to others, and it boosts our self-esteem, our own positive feelings about ourselves. And ultimately, studies on nostalgia point to the conclusion that when people reminisce on memories, it often helps people feel more hopeful about the future. And so I'll ask the question again, if nostalgia seems to be a good thing, then why does God tell the Israelites to stop remembering, to stop recounting their memories of better days? Well, before we can answer that question, we need to understand some context about the Israelite community in the moment in history that this text was written. Isaiah 43 is part of what we call Deutero-Isaiah, or Second Isaiah. Even though Isaiah is a single book in the Bible with 66 chapters, most biblical scholars agree that there are three distinct sections each written by a different community in a different century. And so most of First Isaiah, which is usually considered chapters 1 to 39, was likely written first. And Second Isaiah, which includes our reading this morning, was probably written around 550 BCE. And now I know what you're thinking. 550 BCE? Wasn't that around the time when the Israelites were in exile in Babylon? You know, right around the time that Cyrus the Great, the great Persian king, was beginning to bring down the Neo-Babylonian Empire, allowing Ezra and Zerubbabel and others to return to Jerusalem to rebuild it? And you know what? You're absolutely correct. Good work. You see, at this precise moment in Israel's history, this historical moment when chapter 43 was written, Israel found itself in a predicament that paralleled their ancestors' situation in Egypt. They are enslaved once again, not in Egypt, this time in Babylon, and they're searching for signs of hope that God will save them again. And so it's perfectly understandable why they would be feeling nostalgic about the Exodus. So now that we have some more context, back to the question at hand, if nostalgia seems to be a good thing, then why does God shut it down? In verse 19, God says, Look, I'm doing a new thing. Now it sprouts up. Don't you recognize it? I think there is a subtext to God's rhetorical question. To me, God is saying, can't you see it, this new thing that I'm doing? Or is your imagination of the future too constricted by your memorializing of the past? You see, nostalgia is a little deceiving because 
We think we're looking backwards, and we are, but what we don't realize is that we are also looking forward. Think about it like this. When we get feeling nostalgia, we are in the present, actively remembering the past, and subconsciously hoping that the future will measure up. And for that reason, I see a tension to remain aware of in our nostalgia. On the positive side, we've already discussed that nostalgia can give us hope for a brighter future, especially in moments when hope is hard to come by, when we've lost a job, when we're missing a loved one, when life feels complicated or stressful or meaningless. And for those reasons, we shouldn't shrug off or suppress our nostalgia. On the flip side, we need to approach our nostalgia with a certain caution because we are prone to imagining that the way forward now must look the same as it did in the past. And in that way, our nostalgia can actually narrow our vision for the future. And that seems to be the danger that God is cautioning against in Isaiah 43. It wasn't wrong for the Israelites to retell the story of the Exodus. In fact, God commanded them to do just that each year at Passover. And their collective remembering of the story gave them hope in a moment when their temple and their homes had been destroyed and they had been made slaves again by a foreign empire. Instead, God's command to forget, I think, is a hyperbole of sorts. God is saying, don't let your nostalgia limit your sense of our future, of your imagination about how I will act on your behalf this time, in this moment. And sure enough, God doesn't just plan to put a new wrinkle on the old Exodus story. God is planning to turn the whole thing upside down. See if you can follow this astounding creativity of God. In the story of the Exodus from Egypt, as we just demonstrated in our Time for Young Disciples, God delivers the Israelites from their oppressors by making a way, by making dry land in the middle of the sea, parting the sea so that they can escape to freedom. But this time, God will save the Israelites from Babylon by making water, by making streams in the middle of the dry land, by giving them life-sustaining water in the desert as they flee. God is doing a new thing. And it may be so new and different and unexpected that we can't even imagine it yet. In these ancient words of Isaiah, I hear a message for us today. Us, the 21st century Christian church. Here it is. God will always make a way for us, but it may not be the way we expect. There have been a lot of changes in our church over the past few years, the last few decades even. And so our feelings of nostalgia or a clinging to the past 
or even a grieving over what we've said goodbye to or who we've said goodbye to. Those are all perfectly natural feelings. Today at Fairmount, we celebrate a tradition that sparks some nostalgia for many of us. It's a tradition that goes back about 75 years, the Strawberry Festival. And in this community, Fairmount Presbyterian Church and the Strawberry Festival go together like strawberries and cream. In fact, on our first visit to the pediatrician with our kids after moving here, when our doctor learned that I was one of the pastors here at Fairmount, she said, oh, I have such fond memories of going to the Strawberry Festival as a small child. But for all our communal nostalgia about this grand Fairmount tradition, the Strawberry Festival has seen a lot of change over the years. In fact, there didn't even used to be any strawberries at the Strawberry Festival. Did you know that it started as a dance held each February across the parking lot in the former manse where they served not strawberries but cherry pie? And did you know that after it stopped being a dance, it became a fundraiser for the church, complete with a cakewalk, and kids would go door to door selling tickets to earn a silver dollar? And did you know that it didn't used to be on Sunday? It was on a Tuesday night, just after school was out, and it was known as the event where high school summer romances would start. And did you know that in more recent years, it's become a fundraising event for Fairmount mission partners like Breakthrough Schools and Bate 105? And last June, we held our first in-person Strawberry Festival since before the pandemic. The Strawberry Festival is a 75-year-old tradition, and it's one that I hope will continue for the next 75 years. But I, for one, don't expect it to look the same in 75 years, or 25 years, or even five years from now. Don't be surprised when it evolves into something different because God has already told us, look, I'm doing a new thing. Just as the Israelites drew hope from their collective memory of the Exodus story, our nostalgia for Fairmount's storied past can give us hope. Hope for the future of our church. Nostalgia can be a catalyst for that hope, as long as we remember that the past isn't a roadmap for the future. As long as we don't allow the past to limit our imagination for what comes next as long as we keep our eyes and our ears and our hearts open to the new thing that God is doing here at Fairmount. Can you see it? It's sprouting up all around us. This I deliver to you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Mother of us all. Amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.